every time that I think the Janus hype train have died, I realize that there is a it's section of who that nation who who is it's waiting for the moment that yeah. Jameis Winston can take over, who's mm -hmm. in the background, in the back of the crowd, just rooting for Jameis to get in and, and take over again. And uh, he got an uh, opportunity on Sunday. What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Steve. What's good, Red? Hey, doing much better, man, now that I had time to decompress and get this L out of my system. Had a few days to get over it, huh? Had to, had the woo side, had the woo side. <laughs> so, uh, Sunday, we, we experienced our first loss of the season. Uh, we lost 17-18 in Lambeau and Green Bay. Um, another game that was ugly, you know, from, from both teams. From start to finish, we had a 17-point lead that disappeared on us, obviously, being outscored 18 or nothing to lose in the game. Um, man, I don't even know what parts of this you actually do want to touch, so I'm just going <laughs> to let you pick up wherever you want to on this one. All right, let's start with the bad. Um, because I feel oh. like that's more... It's more obvious, the, the bad. Uh, offensive yeah. line. Offensive line. Yep. I think uh, we have to get, get it going. Uh, right side got pressure. Up the middle got pressure. We knew the left side was going to be a, a problem, you know, before the game even started. So what was your take on the offensive line? Um, I mean, once again, man, I don't think that anything – I don't think anything was going to happen to the top of the line is going to make it better besides just playing together. More games, more reps. Um, and then the fact that we already got, they already have gotten off to a slow start. And then the thing that we always fear is injury. You know, Caesar Ruiz ended up going out in this game. Now you have to shuffle the offensive line. That doesn't help at all. So um, once again, we were going into the game already struggling as a unit. You, uh, Couple that we're having to then shuffle players around, and you know it, it's not going to look much better, especially when you're going up against a good defensive line and into a pass rushing team. Like General Rashawn Gary gave them uh, fits all game. So um, the same thing we've been saying these past uh, the past few weeks about the offensive line remains true. Yeah, uh, and it was very interesting to see how well he fared against Ramcheck and everybody yeah. else they threw at him. Uh, three sacks, big day for him. He cashed in. Um, Packers obviously got the win. He was a huge part of that. Do you think there can be any short-term solutions to fix this offensive line? No, I mean, I, I, like I said, I honestly think that it's just going to be game time, like repetition and going out there and, and playing. Uh, I don't think there's anything, there's no, there's no one player that's going to be that's going to come in and be plugged in and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the answer. Um, unless, I mean, once again, unless it was just Trevor, if it was just Trevor Penny and we were looking at it, look, this young guy is the reason, you know, we're faulting, you know, there's a guy out there that you could call up and be like, hey, come, come show up our offensive line, but that's not the case. Like you said, we've been struggling uh, all across the offensive line. Um, so, I mean, at this point, you re it's really just them getting out there and, and getting better with every rep. I don't think there's anything that can, can happen uh, or be brought in to, you know, to, to shore it up. So the lack, therefore, of the running game, obviously we haven't ran the ball successfully this year outside of Taysom mm -hmm. Hill two games ago, nine carries for 75 yards. Do you kind of blame the lack of the running game on the running backs? Obviously not having Elvin Kamara, Keandre Miller being banged up, missing a couple games. Now Jamal Williams on our or do you kind of look at the offensive line and say, "Hey, that's the reason." I think it's I think it's a little bit of both, but I also okay. would throw in play calling in there too because I feel like um, I feel like P. Carl Michael has been quick to get away from the run too. I think it was week two. Uh, week two was the week Jamal Williams got hurt. Week two, we came out in the second half. And they committed to running the football. And Tony Jones was successful at running the football. Mm -hmm. But I remember even before Jamal Williams had got 
hurt. He was having some, some success too. But then for some reason, we kind of pulled away from it, got back to it in the second half, and, you know, it helped us to to pull away with that victory. I, I don't know if it's not having the trust in the running backs that's been out there short of Camara, or if it's just, no, we really, we really know that the pass game is where uh, we're going to, you know, really be able to take advantage of people. So we really want to try to get that together and get that into a rhythm that has caused Pete Carmichael to, you know, lean heavy, more heavily on the pass game than the run game. So I think uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I, I think it's a mixture of three things. Uh, but I do think that just getting out of Kamara back will change that. I think that the trust is definitely there within him. Um, and if he's healthy, then they're going to like I think I think the most carries the player has gotten for us in a single game has been nine through this through three weeks. Um, and I think two players had nine. Kendra Miller and Tony Jones saw nine last week. And I think Taysom Hill, when he had his 78 yards, he had nine carries as well. I think Kamara comes in and immediately sees more than nine carries. Uh, and of course, more than nine touches in general. Um, so there's a couple, there's a few things that's also going to lend itself to that. Going into this game that we'll talk, we'll talk about once we preview this next game. But I do think the running game will become more of a factor going forward because uh, certain things are going to force it to be a factor going forward. Makes sense. Uh, I have to bring up. So uh, obviously Blake Ruby had a chance to seal the win for us, but he came up unsuccessful in his game winning field goal. A lot of Saints fans showed their frustration in the efforts of us deciding to trade Will Lutz to Denver for a seven round pick. Obviously, I believe, you know, if Will Lutz was still in-house, he stride, he lived for these moments. This was the kick that he would have made, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you kind of regret that decision, or do you think we still kind of made the best choice for the Saints' future in trading think, Will Lutz? I think they made the best choice. Um, you can say that you would have been, you know, had all confidence in the world that Will Lutz would have been made that kick, but we got a year of football last year that told us otherwise. Where he really struggled, you know, in spots where easy kicks were missed. Um, this isn't this is known as a spot that's not easy to kick in in general at Lambeau Field. Um, one kick missed by him thus far this season isn't going to make me be like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, Will Lutz would have been the answer because once again, I saw him struggle all year last year. Um, and I'm a fan of Will Lutz. I wanted to keep Will Lutz, but like I say, throughout training camp and the preseason, for them to have been neck and neck. You know, uh, I, I I can't um, have an issue with the decision that they made, which was to go with the younger guy, uh, you know, and, and send Will Lutz out. Um, yeah, I don't – I kicking is the last thing. Special teams and kicking is the last thing that I'm worried about right now when it comes to the Saints team. There was no – there was very little chance that he was going to go 100% throughout this season. Yeah. And once again, I agree with you, too. Uh, I did. I wanted to get your take on it because that's been something that's been swirling in the Who That Nation talks on yeah. social media platforms. And I think we also need to note that, you know, Will Lutz has even missed a few kicks this year for Denver, a yeah. couple makeable kicks. So uh, still rocking with, with Blake Groupie. So it wasn't a lot of negativity that we could look at and say, hey, we had a whole bunch of issues on why we lost this game to the Packers. Uh, there was a lot of things that we can shine the light on, a lot of players who deserve some attention. Uh, although we did take an L, uh, we, we saw a lot of insight, a lot of good, and uh, a bunch of players. So just to touch on some of the positivity, uh, I'll begin with Derek Carr. I, I think Derek Carr was playing his best game yet as a Saint. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't pretty. He, he still got sacked twice. Uh, Three times. Yeah. In the first – before he went out, he got oh, sacked. Oh, before he went out. Okay. Yeah. Um, he got sacked twice uh, by Rashawn Gary in that game prior to the injury. One took him out, I believe. I think that was the sack that caused the shoulder injury. Uh, but he had a very high completion percentage, uh, made a great throw in the red zone to Jimmy Graham for a touchdown. He had a questionable one, and I think that would have been picked off if it wasn't batted down at the line of scrimmage. But yet he seemed poised, although he was still hurried. He was still pressured. Very poised game from Derek Carr, which you expect in a tough situation. I don't think people realize how hard it is to play in Lambeau. Uh, obviously, the defense with another terrific, if you want to give them a terrific first half or maybe a terrific three quarters or however you want to look at it, 
but at the end of the day, only surrendering 18 points. Uh, we yeah. know we had our trouble, you know, moving the ball on offenses. It was a lot of three and outs. So once again, defense played pretty good. Uh, at the at the least, you could say they played pretty good. And special teams, Shahid continued to be a bright star on kick return, punt return. Got a chance to take one to the house. It was great to see that. Michael Thomas and Chris Olave stayed very active this game. Yeah. A lot of positivity. So what stood out most to you on the good efforts of the Saints? Uh, I want to start with you started, which was Derek Carr, man. Three weeks in, uh, we we keep we keep pointing at the struggles that the offensive line is having. And despite those struggles, Derek Carr is being able to go out there, be poised, and make plays. Um, that is something that we haven't had since Drew Brees. And I know a lot of people um, kind of look out the outcome of these games and be like, well, he's not doing enough. But I can assure a lot of people that if he was than our quarterback, if we were relying on a Taysom Hill or a James Winston or a Trevor Simeon or some of the other guys that we've relied on in the past few years since Drew Brees have retired, we probably wouldn't be sitting here at 2-1. and one. He's handled this, um, he's handled the pressure greatly through three games. We're talking about uh, game one where he was able to go out there and throw 300 yards and had a ridiculous complete completion percentage when he spent the whole game being pressured. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't much different this past week either, like you said, before he went out, um, seeing a lot of pressure, but making completions. He's only thrown two really bad passes um, in three games, and they both ended up being interceptions. But outside of that, man, it's been real clean football from Derek Carr. Um, the second thing, Alante Taylor. Like, I, it, me and you had a, had a real a good conversation about him after the game. But yeah, Alante Taylor played uh, the best game probably of his. He probably played the best game of his career on Sunday, which once again, me and you had the discussion of what was the most to blame about losing that game Sunday. But we probably won't even get into that here. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ross Jackson uh, went back through and you know watched uh, watched the game tape and stuff, and just you know paid. Paid attention, and he came up with Alante Taylor was targeted 13 times. He allowed four catches for 73 yards, but he had five pass breakups, one sack, two tackles for losses, and uh, defensive pass interference that most people didn't even uh, agree with. Mm -hmm. um, and then he gave up, <clears throat> he allowed 73 yards, but he gave up those two chunk plays uh, to Jaden Reed, which was a 22-yarder and a 30-yard. Alante Taylor played. He he amazing. he played amazing that yeah, game. You know, amazing. but and and you take away the if if it wasn't for those two chunk plays, I'd have there's nothing negative that you could say about because uh, even the defensive pass interference was questionable. You know, those those plays happen. Those plays get thrown, and we can't you know can't do anything about that. Um, and what he. The passer rating would have been fifty one point one. He gave up basically a fifty one point one passer rate. That is tremendous. Right. Like it, yeah. it, like compared with what we already know, Marshawn Lattimore has been giving us throughout this season. I mean, in the defense in general, because yeah. Demario Davis's stats have been ridiculous as well. Um, through three games, Alante Taylor, Marshawn Lattimore, and Ike Adam ranked first, second, and third. No, first, second, and tied for third in the NFL in passes defended. It it don't get no better than this. Like this right. is <laughs> this is a, a ridiculous defense that's playing out of its mind. And the only thing that's really holding it back at this point is how stale the offense has been. Yep, that's very true. Um, and you you spoke about some guys that a lot of Saints fans might not even know. Isaac Ikeyadam, uh, the corner who was we pretty much didn't even know was going to make the roster. And, mm -hmm. you know, he came in, he played a great game. Like you said, we had a conversation and I had to go back and watch that game. And I think he gave up two big plays that kind of went unnoticed. Uh, one was a pass interference call and then one was a touchdown. Um, I think it led to Green Bay's first touchdown. No, it was that the one that actually took the lead uh, in the right okay. corner of the end zone on the back shoulder fade throw. Uh, but the coverage was tight. Even the ones that Alante Taylor gave up, a diving catch, coverage was tight. Yeah. Um, so hats off to the Saints secondary as a whole. Uh, we know Howden's filling in uh, at the safety position. Marcus May serving at suspension. He played great. Yeah. We'll get into his situation a little bit later. He now finds himself missing his next game with an injury. 
But there's a lot of things to look forward to in the New Orleans Saints. To know that we're sitting two and one, still top first place, and we haven't even started rolling. We haven't started shifting in all gears yet. Offense exactly. never never got a chance to take off. We haven't found the running game, but yet we find ourselves right here amongst, which I feel we could say we're right in the midst of some of the best teams in the NFC. I definitely think, uh, you know, you have your San Francisco 49ers, you have yeah. your Eagles of the world. But yeah, I think, man, question marks, yeah. Yeah, true, true. But I think that it's safe to say that right now they're the two better NFC teams. But I feel like we're still right there in that, in that hunt. Uh, definitely still in contention to win a division and definitely still have our playoff hopes alive. Any other players that you, uh, situations or scenarios you uh, want to touch on about this this last game? I mean, just because we have to, once again, Derek Carr got hurt, so who replaces him? The fan favorite, Jameis Winston. Um, Derek, the fan no, favorite. Every, bro, every time, every time I think that there is no... Every time that I think the Jameis hype train has died, I realize that there is a it's section of who that nation who who is it's waiting for the moment that yeah. Jameis Winston can take over, who's mm-hmm. in the background, in the back of the crowd, just rooting for Jameis to get in and, and take over again. And uh, he got an uh, opportunity on Sunday. And it's not it's, – the loss isn't on Jameis. I can't put it oh, on Jameis. No. Um, the offense was stale in general for most of the game. Once again, that one drive where we went down and scored a touchdown with Jimmy Graham, and then you got the punt return for a touchdown. I was, I mean, that was it for the offense. That was it. Um, so Jameis didn't, he didn't lose us the game. He didn't win us the game. He he actually made a drive at the end of the game, you know, yeah. that put us in position for a field goal. Got to give him credit for that. So I just wanted to point him out that once again, this is why you you. This is why the Saints go out there and try to keep him around. For if a Derek Carr ends up getting injured, then you know you could put a guy in there that you could be confident in. And even though he didn't go out there and play amazingly or anything like that, um, he went out there and he did what was asked of him to do. Um, and if he gets called into action again this week, I'm I'm confident that he's going to do the same thing this week, be able to do what was asked of him to do. So I did just want to point him out. Uh, because he actually, you know, had to play the big part in this game. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I think we all know that Derek Carr is, if you even want to say slightly better than Jameis Winston or a better decision maker than Jameis Winston, yeah. however you want to word it, I think who that Nate, well, most of who that nature yeah. prefer Derek Carr as the starting quarterback over Jameis Winston. However, this is a huge reason why I wanted to keep Jameis Winston on the team. Yeah. Simply because if something does happen to Carr for a short period of time, Jameis Winston gives us our best chance of winning. You don't have to change the playbook. He has yep. a strong arm. Defenses still have to respect the deep ball. If the running game ever, you know, ever starts taking off, that's a plus for him. The only issue I have with Jameis Winston is sometimes he holds onto the ball just a little bit. A lot too of long. the time. <laughs> a lot well, of the time when they're trying to set up deep shots i get it like matter of fact with Derek Carr, that was that's how he went down 39 you had something open wide open underneath but yeah but it was third and long so yeah yeah and you're looking and you're saying something's going to come up come open yeah and you hold on to the ball you take a sack show the injury you're out with you know or whatnot james winston kind of same situation he just seems to do it a little bit more so i think as yeah. long as james can get rid of the ball quick a bad old line is not going to help the situation, but uh, we should be able to be all right moving forward. 100%. Uh, so just touching on Saints news uh, throughout the week after the game, of course, uh, at the end of that game, that ended Camaro's three-week suspension, uh, three-game suspension. He uh, <laughs> was back in the building. He's healthy. He has fresh legs. Everybody is hyped to get him back out there on the field. He's ready to get back out on the field. Um, and he's definitely needed right now with the Jamal uh, Williams injury with Kendra Miller having his own issues uh, and, you know, just just playing his first NFL game in general this past Sunday. Um, so that's the thing. Carl Granison, somebody who I've got on here and raved about, you know, through the first two two weeks and he had another game Sunday. Uh, he got awarded with a deal. Uh, go ahead and and take him off the market and and prevent <laughs> and, and prevent free agency. Uh, and went ahead and locked him up. Uh, four years, fifty-two million dollar contract extension, thirty-five uh 
million guaranteed. Um, so we spent we spent what the past five years trying to reach and find a defensive end to put on the opposite side of Cam Jordan, and uh, it ended up being Carl Granderson, a dude that was undrafted, <laughs> uh, but has came in and, and been able to solidify that position for you opposite Cam Jordan. Well deserved. One hundred percent for sure. Um, so let's go ahead and look towards next week. Uh, next week we're back at home. Uh, got the Tampa Bay Bucks coming to town. We are um favorites. We're favored by three in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay played what Monday night? Yeah, it was Monday night they played Philly. Um, rainy game had their struggles. Um, one hundred percent had their struggles. Uh, so what do you see going into? Well, first of all, let's start with. Derek Carr. Derek Carr didn't practice all week until today. Today he got out there, he threw the football. They say he looked like he had no limitation, looked like Derek Carr didn't have any setbacks or anything like that. The Wallace said as a team, they want to see how he feels after, you know, um, practicing and everything like that. But from what I hear and from what they're saying they saw, it looks like Derek Carr may actually be in line to start uh, Sunday. Uh, against Tampa Bay. So whether so first, I want to ask you whether it's Derek Carr or whether it's Jameis Winston. Do you view this game going um, any differently, depending on who the quarterback is? Just slightly different. Uh, one because Derek Carr to me handles the blitz just a little bit more, um, a little bit better than than Jameis Winston. Uh, you don't have to worry about the turnover ratio being what you feel like could be so lopsided yeah. with James Winston next time. He's not the risk taker. He's more conservative. That's how we've been able to win two games thus far this season. So I definitely think uh, we have a better you know, chance of winning with Derek Carr. Now, granted, if James Winston is the quarterback, it doesn't change much for me as a Saints fan on games we can we'll win and we'll lose because yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. we have so many other great players around them, especially on the offensive side of the football, it's never the point of if a quarterback can make the play, make the throw, is is they going to have time to make the play? Yeah. So whether we have Derek Carr or James Winston, I still feel good about this game. Okay, nice. Um, so speaking of, what, 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 is, what is the outcome that you see for this game? Uh, I, I, oh, go ahead. You good. Uh, I was going to say, I honestly think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I'm still taking the Saints to win this one. Um, very low-scoring game. I, I can honestly see this game being, I would probably go 13-6. to six. I think it's going to be real low-scoring. I just don't yeah. see our defense giving up much to Tampa Bay, who's had their fair share of offensive struggles. Uh, yeah. We saw we saw the Eagles kind of pound in with the run. Now, we don't have that line that the Eagles have, but so I won't, <laughs> I'm not going into the game thinking we're going to run the ball down and throw, but I, I do think it's going to be challenging for them to make uh, throws. We like to play a lot of man against Tampa in the past. The last three years, they had Tom Brady on the center. I do expect Baker Mayfield to use his legs to extend plays and to get positive yards gained. Uh, in those situations when we do go man. So I do think, you know, defending Baker legs is going to be a big factor on third down, especially if we're talking third and five, third and three, where he is able to not only run and pick those yards up, but safely slide or get out of bounds and don't have to take contact. Uh, Baker has done that quite a few times this year, actually, is make plays with his legs uh, rather than his arm. Uh, Baker Mayfield has, I'm not going to lie, he has exceeded my expectation in the short season. You're looking at a Tampa Bay team that's two and one. They've had injuries. They've dealt with not being able to run the ball, offensive line struggles, things that we're facing. And yet they find themselves two and one. We always play each other tight for as New Orleans and and, uh, and uh, Tampa Bay. I don't think I don't think this game is going to be any different. Reg, I'm gonna tell you now. I can't sit through a 13 6 game. I can't. I can't keep doing these low scoring games. I can't. I. I, I can't do it, Reg. 13 6 ain't one. I'm gonna make it through. I'm gonna let you know now. I'm gonna text you saying, "Look, Reg, I'm checking out. Let me know if we pick up. I'm. I'm gone. Let me. Let me go watch somebody who know how to put up points. As long as we winning it, I don't care about it. But both of these defenses are very 
very well. You know, they're very good. Tampa, you know, with their cornerback situation, they're going to have to kind of bend but don't break unless they can continue to get great pressure only sitting four, which is very realistic for this Tampa Bay team. They're not the Tampa Bay defense that they was the last three years ago, but they I'm sure they still can get after the quarterback if their guys are healthy. So if that's the case, that limits the ability of Chris Olave extending the field. Now you're kind of sitting back, you know, more dependent on more stop and go routes or, or, or dink and dunk throws. We already know Carlton Davis plays Michael Thomas fantastic. I am looking forward to that matchup. And on the other side of the ball, you have a very hot Mike Evans, one of the hottest receivers in football. You know, uh, every game he's scoring touchdowns, coming down with 100 yards uh, receiving or more. So you have a, a in-tune Mike Evans going against a very high Chris Olave. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. So that's two key matchups right there to pay attention to. Uh, but in the past, we've played each other tough, and I don't think this is going to be the game where both teams are putting up 30 points in the shootout. Yeah, Mike Evans got slowed up a little bit uh, this Monday. This was uh, by far the worst game of the season. Um, and with that, what he still had, like 70, 70-something yards receiving or something? Uh, I'm not sure he got that high. He may have, but um, yeah, I'll see. But um, once again, that's, that's always a matchup I'm not even concerned about when it comes to Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. We already know what that is. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain uh, that Mike Evans is going to win that matchup until he does. Um, yeah, he had 10 targets, five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. So still a real solid game um, for him. Um, so my biggest things about this game, for one, is run defense. Uh, once again, we saw what Philly did to them Monday. We not we don't have Philly's offensive line, but if their offensive line can do that to them, I feel like we can have success against them, especially with Alvin Kamara being the one total football. Um, a big thing about Alvin Kamara's usage in this game is going to come down to who the quarterback is. Uh, we've seen in the past when Jameis Winston is the quarterback, he doesn't seem to have that connection with Alvin Kamara to get him involved in the passing game for whatever reason. Um, Derek Carr is going to be the complete opposite. I think Derek Carr, um, outside of looking for Chris Olave, his second option may become Alvin Kamara out the backfield. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of pass. He's going to see a lot of targets if Derek Carr is uh, the quarterback. And that's not even just for this game. That's throughout the season. Um, we're going to be able to witness Alvin Kamara being heavily involved in a passing game again. Um the injury report for, I mean, for both teams, we know we won't have Cesar Ruiz. Uh, so we're going to see if they go with what they did last week, which was what they kicked James Hurst to right guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then brought Edge of Pete in that left guard, you know. So that's probably what they go with again. Once again, Jack Hurst is so versatile across the offensive line. And Edge of Pete, uh, of course, was in the competition to start for left guard uh, for this season. So that'll probably be our offensive line. Um, no pass in the Debo again this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jordan Howden, uh, which I'm not even sure exactly what's going on with him. But yeah, I, down, that was surprising. Yeah, uh, so no Marcus May. Now with no uh, Jordan Howden, I would expect um, Uvo Amadi to get that start, most likely in safety. Um, and then for Tampa Bay, no Kalaja Kansi. He's out. Um, Jamel Dean, he's out. Uh, Carlton Davis is questionable. Vita Bay is questionable. Devin White is questionable. I'm quite sure all three of those guys play. Um, but we saw even on Monday when um, when Jamel Dean went out initially, um, how the player who came in was targeted by Philadelphia uh, with their players. Yeah, immediately. Um, so that that raises my confidence for us as well because whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's Jameis Winston. The ability to get the ball to Mike Thomas, who most likely will be the, the person lined up against that player, um, they're going to they're, they're going to get it there. Um, right. They're they're going to target him as well. Uh, that's going to work in our favor. What? So, my daughter be doing that. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that's. I think that's one of the the matchups that we're able to win is our receivers versus their corners. 
Um, I'm not that confident. I'm not that confident in their receivers against our corners, but they have great receivers. We know what Mike Evans is. We know what Chris Godwin is. I wouldn't be shocked if those guys are able to come on and have a good performance. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh no 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 go ahead. Yeah. So that and once again run defense. Uh, I think we're going to have more success um, running the football against them than they will have against us. We haven't budged much when it comes to giving up as a run defense. We haven't budged much so far this season. I don't see that changing this week. And I honestly think that's where that's where we win this football game, by finally being able to establish the run. Whether Jameis Winston is the quarterback, whether Derek Carr is the quarterback. We're able to stick with the run and be able to establish a decent run game, set up our play action off of that, take some deep shots when the time, you know, when it's time to do so. Um, I think that's what leads us to win this football game. Um, I don't see it being as low scoring as you do, but it's hard for me to believe that it's going to be ridiculously high scoring either. Um, you got that 13-6. I'd probably say 20 to 14, something like that, um, to where, you know, we were able to go in and get a couple touchdowns, but then also have to settle for a couple field goals. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we win this game. I think we cover. Um, so 2016 would be my guess. I don't I think it's another ugly game. Uh, we're going to. But hopefully it's a game where we can pick up some more rhythm as an offense. Gotcha. The only concern I have, too, that I think that may I can possibly see, you know, us dealing with is being is beating ourselves with penalties. I think that is going yeah. to play a major part. Both teams have the potential to to make this an ugly game with penalties. Uh, we yeah. have receivers that could put pressure on each other for whatever reason. If the referees don't allow Marcus Latimer, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, excuse me, to play physical with Mike Evans, if they're giving him those nitpick, you know, uh, flags downfield, because yeah. I think Tampa Bay will take their shots downfield this game, uh, and more than likely is going to be with a big body guy like Mike Evans. So that's something that I think that may cause us to kind of downplay ourselves. It's penalties, but we'll definitely be looking out, you know, for that come Sunday. And we know how it goes when we play Tampa Bay. Uh, it's been what two of the last at least four games we've seen ejections between Evans and Lattimore or other players who have gotten involved. So we know how quickly that situation can get out of hand when it comes to those two players, and it can hurt either team. Yep. Um, so we both got New Orleans winning this game. We both got them covering at home. Um, so let's go ahead and pick a, a few more games against the spread. Uh, man, looking through this week, it, it's some rough ones out there, but I, I found I found two really good ones, and then I was like, we're just going to roll with this one as the third one. So <clears throat> the first one I picked was Washington against Philly, a division game in the NFC East. Uh, commanders have looked better than most people thought they would this season. Um, they have an offensive line problem as well. And Philly has had their issues uh, defensively so far. Uh, offensively, they they look like they looked last year, but defensively, they've definitely had their struggles. I really picked this game because minus uh, minus nine favorites was interesting to me. That's, that's always, you know, once you get up to nine, ten, those are some big spreads in the NFL. Um, but Washington against Philly, Philly is at home, minus nine, what you got? I think Philly win this one easy. Uh, I don't. I think this would be a game where Philly kind of never see themselves fighting from behind or in a tough shootout or anything yeah. like that. Uh, Washington has an amazing front four. They played great thus far. Um, I think the only game that you could say they slouched was against Buffalo, which is a real good team. Uh, yeah. Philly and Buffalo are built built the same to me in, in a lot of ways. I definitely think Philly have better receivers, but as a whole, the things that Josh Allen can do, especially knowing he can run the ball, he could throw the ball just as far as any, any QB in the lead. Uh, they both have electric offenses, but both teams could put it on you if they better than you. And I just see Philly right now being much better than the Washington, I'm sorry, than the um, commanders, who still kind of, to me, kind of looking for identity on the offensive side of the ball, definitely. Uh, so I'm going to roll with the Eagles, and although it is minus nine, I honestly think the Eagles cover cover that spread. I'm going to take Philly to win the football game, but I can't give them. I, I think this is going to be a a low scoring game, uh, mm -hmm. especially compared to what Philly has seen uh, these first three weeks. Um, I think 
Washington is going to do a good job of, take, of not allowing Philly to run the football on them. We saw what DeAndre Swift was able to do against Tampa Bay. We saw what he did against the Vikings. I don't think they're able to have that kind of success on the ground against that front four that you just talked about uh, of Washington, which is going to lead them to have to pass the football a little bit more. And, um, I mean, Philly, at, at the heart of Philly, Philly wants to run the football. And, of course, with guys like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, those guys are going to eat if the running game is is going the way that it's been going. It's, it's easy for them. Um, you take away that run game, you force Jalen Hurts to stand back there, uh, not let him scramble and, and find guys down the field. It's going to become a little tougher for that uh, Philadelphia offense. Uh, I don't think it's not something they can't handle. I just think that this is going to be the first time this season that they've had to really focus on, look, it's going to be the pass game that's going to give us this win. Um, it's not going to be our run game. Um, I don't think that Washington – I hope that Washington's offensive line can hold up. Um, if they can't, then once again, they won't be able to score. Um, I know I saw a stat uh, a couple of days ago that Sam Howard is on pace to be – have one of the highest sack seasons as a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I'm shocked that they're two and one with that even being the case. Right. <laughs> you know, but that, but that gives that speaks uh, gives credence to what the defense is right now. Um, and their run game has been decent so far too with Brian Robinson Jr. Um, so I think Philly wins. I'll probably give them. Um, I'll give them a touchdown. I just think nine is just just a lot to give them in this situation. I got you. If I had to pick score, I would probably go 24-10. 24-10. I'll go 17-10. I'll go okay. Yeah, I'll go 17-10. Um, the next one I got lined up here is Miami versus Buffalo. Um, with the way Miami has played this season, I'm actually shocked that Buffalo is still favored, even though they're at home. So, uh, Miami versus Buffalo, Buffalo minus two and a half. What you got? It's going to be a very good game right here. Uh, I don't think offenses will stall in this game. I think the Bills get off to a hot, uh, quick start, but I also think, of course, Miami does the same. Um, yeah. man, right now, I just kind of. <laughs> It's it's hard for me not to trust everything that the Dolphins do offensively. It's just yeah. hard for me not to. Buffalo definitely has the better defense, but that offense is just so out overpowering. I would have to give the edge to to Miami's offense. I would probably take the Dolphins in this game. You said the Bills are minus two. Two and a half, yeah. Two and a half. So yeah, I'm definitely definitely taking the Dolphins. I would probably say Dolphins. 33 to 30. So once again, another division game, which is always important for me to point out because who knows, you know, the, the other team better than somebody who faces them two times a year. Um, I am going to go out on a limb and guarantee that Miami won't score 70 uh, in this game. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that for sure. Um <laughs> Offensively, Miami has been ridiculous through three games. Yeah. Like, not yeah. even even before the 70-point performance in Denver, that offense has been clicking on Austin's run game, pass game. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but Buffalo on their own right has been really good offensively early on, too. Um, they're seventh in rushing yards a game with 150. Um, they're what eighth in passing yards. Oh no, they're twelfth in passing yards a game. Right now at two thirty-four, uh, and once again, Josh Allen is is a big is a big part of that rushing and passing, of course, obviously. Right. Um, it comes down to defense. What defense is going to slow down what offense more? And even with as good as Miami has been, like you said, Buffalo definitely has the better defense, but I also think Buffalo has the personnel to match up with Miami well. Um, you got Tyreek Hill, who's going to face a lot of Tredavious uh, Swipe. Uh, I know Jordan Poirier, uh, he was ruled out today, so they won't have him in the secondary. I actually think uh, Jamar Hamlin will start on Sunday okay. at safety. Um, but once again, back here with uh, Micah Hyde, who was missing all last season as well. Um, 
in the middle of their defense. You got Mahomes. Like there's this defense is what the tough the, the Patriots. They play they play the Patriots, yeah. So this is I mean, but even that Patriots defense, this Buffalo defense might be better. So this is definitely gonna be Miami's uh toughest test um when it comes to a defense that they're going up against. Um and I think offensively this is Buffalo and what Philadelphia. I think I'd put Detroit in there at, at this point. Um, those are the offenses who are closest to Miami, even though Miami is far ahead. But when it comes to who's next in that five power range, I like Detroit, I like Buffalo, I like Philly. Um, so Buffalo can slow down Miami enough. I think offensively they'll be able to produce enough to win this football game. Um they're at home, two and a half. I'll take Buffalo. I'll take Buffalo by a field goal. Um, 27 to 24. Okay. So you got them basically breaking even with the tie, with the points they're giving up. Yep. Yep. Um, and the last game, Baltimore versus Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's at home. It's a talk of Cleveland is a one-point favorite in this game. Um, Deshaun Watson actually had his best game as a brand last week, mm-hmm. um, which was Good to see. Like I want the dude to, I want the dude to look good. I want him to play right. good. It's just that we hadn't seen it um, in what in so long. I think he's, <laughs> yeah, we hadn't seen it so long that what we had seen from him hadn't been great. Like it's not even like we saw. Oh, he's getting there. It was just right. no. This is just bad up until right. this past week. Baltimore is dealing with injuries on top of injuries. It, it started early for them with J.K. Dobbins, um, then Marcus Williams. Uh, I know OBJ has already been ruled out for Sunday. Um, so they're having an issue. Of course, Cliff, Cleveland lost Nick Chubb. Um, so, they, you know, they have their own set of issues. But both of these teams are still held up well defensively. We know who Baltimore is with Lamar Jackson. Um, Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers is coming along. Um, but Cleveland has Lamar Cooper is one of the most reliable wide receivers in football. Uh, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt in their backfield seem like I find that going to be a successful run game. And Deshaun Watson, if he playing like he played last week, then soon we're going to be talking about, oh, we, we now we now we remember why they gave him 250 million guaranteed. So um how do you see this one going? This was this is a tough game right here to pick. Uh it's basically a pick'em game. Uh, yeah. both balanced, especially with the injuries and whatnot. Um, you have Miles Garrett, who is by far the best defensive player on either teams, but you have Lamar Jackson, yep. to me, who, who is the the best wild card type <laughs> of player, you know, yeah. uh, game changer. He's all those great things rolled into one. Um, man, this this is a tough one. This, this is really a tough one, but I'm going to have to trust my gut and go with the Ravens. The ball yeah. is going to be in Lamar Jackson's hands a lot. He uh, A lot of times is going to be if not the best player on the field. Uh, definitely, the, we just spoke about all the intangibles that he brings to the table. Uh, I want the ball in his hands. I like the ball to be in the best player's hands. So I'm going to have to ride with Lamar Jackson. I don't think, you know, they're going to run the ball effective or anything of that nature. We know Miles Garrett's going to be breathing down his neck. But uh, you touched on Zay Flowers, this guy that's been having a huge year under the radar, a sneaky yeah. good year. And he's only getting better and better week, week after yeah. week. We know what he got at Mark Andrews, but Zay Flowers has been able to take some of that pressure off of um, Mark Andrews. Teams key in on him, knowing when Lamar want to go with the ball. Zay like, all right, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can catch. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of liking what the Ravens is slowly putting together offensively. Um, and I think Deshaun Watson, although he had his best game, you got to kind of string two or three of those to, uh, in a row uh, before I know I can start looking at it like, all right, Cleveland found their identity. Plus, you're still dealing with the uh, the loss of Nick Chubb on top of yeah. that. So that that's, to me, a kind of lot to balance. So I'm going to give that slight edge to the Ravens. And I will probably go Ravens. It's tough. Because I, Cleveland's going to have their opportunities here. I'll go Ravens. 24 to 20. 24 to 20. Um, I'm also going to go Baltimore. Um, 
we spoke about injuries. Well, I spoke about injuries uh, also just now. And I mean, uh, even the running backs that they were depending on after J.K. Dobbins haven't really been available for him. Gus Edwards missed last game. Uh, so they relied on Melvin Gordon, who had a good game. Uh, but uh, Melvin Gordon, Justice Hill, those types of guys, uh, they get Gus Edwards. No, they get Justice Hill back this week. Um, so that's going to help as well. Like you said, Lamar Jackson is the best athlete on the field most of the time when he steps onto the field. Um, I like his playmakers better than I like Cleveland's at this point. I'm still waiting on David and Joku to come along to prove mm-hmm. that he's, you know, uh, a solid and or better than that tight end. Um, Jerome Ford is somebody who, I mean, he's had two good showings, I guess, so far. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Mark Cooper, of course, once again, like I said, one of the most dependable receivers you're going to get in this league. But then it comes down to what's behind him, how trustworthy is Elijah Moore, how trustworthy is Donovan Peeper Jones, um, and whoever else falls in that line. Um, Baltimore, I love their defense, even with their injuries, surprisingly. Um, I love their defense, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, those guys are monsters. Um, I think and Baltimore is one of those teams that once they get points on the board, they get into this rhythm where they become very hard to stop, where you can expect them to keep scoring. And Cleveland doesn't have that. Cleveland can give you a touchdown on their first drive and then not get close again until it's almost halftime or yep. right outside of halftime. Um, so I, I got a feeling that Baltimore scores early and gets into this rhythm that Cleveland can't match offensively. Um, <clears throat> so I'm even going to go for a bigger, a bigger, bigger margin of victory on this one. I'm going to take Baltimore 24 to 13 in this game. Okay. Okay. Yep. So we got them all going just about the same, except for the Dolphins game. I think that's yeah, all except for the Dolphins disagreed game. Disagreed all. Yep. And we and we both agree that it's going to be a close game. You know, right. it's really just a toss up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing before we hop off of here that I just wanted to throw out there, just because it was big news, um, the Damian Lillard trade that saga has finally mm-hmm. come to an end, to where he's he's gotten out of Portland, as he asked to what felt like a year ago now, but it was really probably like a month or two. Uh, he finally got moved. He didn't get to Miami, uh, as he seemed to have wished. At least initially, he ends up in Milwaukee uh, with Giannis uh, and Chris Middleton and, and that and that squad. Um, what did that do for Milwaukee to you going into this NBA season? It made them the front runner for the Eastern Conference to me. Yeah, uh, to me, they wasn't that far off with the lineup they had, and to only lose Drew Holiday, uh, and who is a great player. Anybody yes. that knows me knows I, I love Drew Holiday. But to only have lost one player and then, you know, draft picks, of course, to gain someone like Damian Leonard, to me, that was phenomenal for the Milwaukee Bucks. You got a for sure superstar generational player in Giannis. And now you get to match him up with someone who could take the pressure off of him by being able to put up 30, 40 points, make long distance shots, be a playmaker, somebody who can um, not only, you know, hold on to the ball, but create shots, you know, and opportunities for others as well, any given night. So I, I definitely like this. I, I love this for the Milwaukee Bucks. I, the only bad thing about this trade for the Bucks is that they lost Drew Holiday, who, you know, the city loved, they respected, he wanted to be there. He was a tough guy, he was a leader. He definitely brought the defense and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, and I definitely think they're gonna benefit from this trade. And going into this offseason, I know me and you talked off air as we did off in it. And I said, man, it's time for Milwaukee to break up this Chris Middleton Drew Holiday situation. Um, one of them has to go at least if you have to get rid of both of them to bring somebody in, you know, to to really, you know, change it up in there, then you do it. And then Giannis came out and started speaking as well. If I ever feel like they're no longer trying to win, then yeah, yeah. I'll be willing to they leave. Yeah, um, so uh, and I put it out there a few weeks ago. I'm like, man, that would that makes sense. Like if Portland, if my Milwaukee can lower Damian Lillard, you know, to Milwaukee, that puts them right back at the top of the Eastern Conference and it makes their superstar happy. Um yeah. 
and that's what it does. That, like you said, they they solidify themselves as the front runner to win the Eastern Conference. Um, there's not much that can change that. I don't think. I do want to keep an eye on where Drew Holiday ends up because I think that if he ends up in Boston, he's exactly the type of player Boston has been missing when it comes to a ball handler and defender at that point guard position. He would definitely change that landscape a little bit as well. But uh, like you said, man, when I, I think about four, t- four to five teams going into the season to where I was like, oh, these are the true contenders, Milwaukee, Boston, Denver, L.A., um, and then Phoenix. And I throw Phoenix in there just because I, I want to see them. Like, we got a glimpse of them, lad, but you get a full season of them. They have the players. Let's see what they can put together. But Milwaukee definitely threw themselves towards the top of the top of that with this move. And I mean, once again, that's not just for one year. That's you know, three, four years going forward, most likely right. that that is going to be together and causing causing havoc in the Eastern Conference. Yes, sir. Totally agree with you. All right. So another another year, uh, another week of football. We're, don't rush uh, it, kid. Don't don't rush it, man. It just got here. I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, what caught me up was did I want to throw Oregon and Colorado in at the end of this episode? And I was like, I'm not gonna do it to them. We just gonna let them yeah. we just gonna let them ride because they got a bad they got a bad game tomorrow too. So I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna let it go. But uh another week of football in the books. Hopefully the Saints can get back on the winning page this week. But all in all, you know, you always hope for good football, good competitive football. So uh got got here a little late this week because life happens, but we, we plan on being here every week and then covering the games and looking forward to what's next. Yeah, and like always, man, we appreciate everybody tuning in. It's gonna be another fun week. Uh come Sunday, y'all be decked out in this Thanksgiving. Let's get this W. Get back on track. Sure. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league no. If you listen close, I'm coaching, say keys Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about Blanco Every time I do it, do it the coldest